Yeah, one, two, test.
그래요. 굿모닝 체치 Hey, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. You guys are awesome. We're here to honor the most amazing father here, Jesus. His father has sent him to earth. So let's celebrate the father this morning, the greatest father that we know. God is fighting for us. God is on our side. He is overcome. Yes, He is overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, You are near. Carrying our burdens, covering our shame. He is overcome. Yes, He is overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. I will live. I will not die. A risen clear and lift you high. Christ revealed and I am healed in Jesus' name. Come on, let's go to the top. God is fighting for us. God is fighting for us. God is on our side. He has overcome. Yes, He has overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. Carrying our burdens, covering our shame. He has overcome. Yes, He has overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. Come on. I will live. I will not die. The resurrection power of Christ alive in me. And I am free in Jesus' name. I will live. I will not die, I will declare and lift you high. Christ revealed and I am healed in Jesus' name. Come on, we can make more noise this morning. He's worth it. He's fighting for us. God is fighting for us. Pushing back the darkness. Lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. And we will shout it out, shout it out. God is fighting for us. Pushing back the darkness. Lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated, and we will 
shout it out, shout it out. I will live, I will not die. The resurrection power of Christ alive in me. And I am free in Jesus' name. I will live, I will not die. I will declare and lift you high. Christ revealed, and I am here in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's lift up a shout. Jesus. Come on, we celebrate a good father, yeah? He's a good father. Everything he does is good. He's the definition of good. Hey! 
shout it out. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever. Amen. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever, amen. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever, Lord, you're worthy and you're holy, God. Thank you, Father, that you're such a good Father. You're a good, good, good Father. And we praise you for who you are. Come on, church. Let's, t let's thank him this morning. Let's tell him how great our God is. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And we want more of your presence. I want to see your face, Lord. Oh, who is like you, Lord, in all the earth? Immenseless love and beauty and this world. Nothing in this world can satisfy. Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Your presence is heaven to me. Your presence is heaven to me treasure of my heart and treasure of my heart and of my soul in my weakness you are merciful Amen of my past and present wrongs holder 
future days to come. Your presence is heaven to me. is heaven, your presence is heaven to me, oh, your presence, oh God, your presence is heaven to me. is heaven to me oh Jesus oh Jesus your presence is heaven to me oh Jesus oh Jesus your presence is heaven to me Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, your presence is heaven. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, your presence is heaven to me. Nothing in this world and 
Nothing in this world can satisfy. Oh, Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Oh, Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Yeah. Singing, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, your presence is heaven to me oh jesus oh jesus your presence is heaven to me oh jesus oh jesus your presence is heaven to me Birthday today, where are you, Lynn? 
And uh, finally, I just want to say that um, I saw on Facebook this week that Sally Williams, where's Sally Williams? Right here. She'll hate this as well. Stand up, Sally. Stand up. This is Sally Williams. Give her a big hand. Did you know, I saw this on Facebook, that she's just been named number 44 on Startup.com's top influential emerging leaders for 2015. So give her a big hand. congratulate again all the dads and look I want to celebrate which we do for Mother's Day as well but men in general not everybody is or will be I guess a dad at some point but men in general fathers in particular we salute you why don't you all stand up and all the women let's give all the men all the men stand up all the men in the church stand up let's give them a big hand yes give yourselves a shake high five we salute you Great to have you here this morning. Hey, we've got, we got a video. We have? Yeah. dad jokes are a serious condition. Don't put your family at risk. Hi, I'm CEO and founder of AIDJ, the Australian Institute of Dad Jokes, also known as AGE. I come from a long line of dads. My dad was a dad and his dad before him, also a dad. Because being a dad runs in my family, I want to give dads the hand they deserve by bringing the jokes back to the blokes. If you suffer from bad dad joke disorder and you tell bad dad jokes, you need to admit it. Repeat after me. That's me, and I do do that. <laughs> I just made you say doo-doo. <laughs> AIDJ is the leading institute for dad joke therapy, literally helping tens of dads every year. Here's what some of our clients had to say. To be honest, before age, my timing was always on. Hungry, I'm dead. Since age, I have cut my joke formulation down by six minutes. Before I was introduced to age, I always struggled in making my jokes relevant. You never put on the TV today. Nothing. You can't put things on TVs anymore. They're too skinny. But now I've been introduced to age, all my jokes are like boxes of jets. Crackers. Growing up in New Zealand was pretty tough, bro. But since coming to age, it's really helped me with my sensitivity and my joke delivery. Dad, my leg hurts. Well, we better chop it off then. 
was only kidding. So why don't you admit to age? If you think you're punny, we'll take your money. Call now. Fantastic. Yeah, give him a big hand. That was awesome. So I've got a couple of my own coming up a bit later, but uh, just hold on. Hey, uh, I just want to introduce uh, Tracy Wong's coming up to uh, do our tithes and offerings message this morning. Give Tracy a big hand. Thank you, Tracy. Hey, don't we just uh, love Father's Day? You know, time to honor the dads and just men in general. You know what I love about Father's Day is I love the little kids that just can't wait for Father's Day, you know, when they buy their little gifts and they hide it and they, they really want to give it straight away, but they've got to wait for the day, you know. So they, they wake up on Father's Day and they're, they're rushing in going, Dad, Dad, look, look what I've given you, you know. And I just love that enthusiasm and that, that cheerfulness. And I think we can all relate to loving that sort of gift giving where the giver is just so enthusiastic and, and is just giving from the heart. So we can understand when God also says that when he gets you, he loves a cheerful giver as well. You know, 2 Corinthians 9.7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. You know, and I think we can also relate to not necessarily wanting our the giver of our gifts to be reluctant or under compulsion. You know, can you imagine this Father's Day or your dad if the your child came up and he was under compulsion to give you the gift? Oh, uh, Dad, here's the Father's Day gift. Mum said I had to give you a gift. So here it is. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> or the reluctant giver. The reluctant giver. Oh, Dad, here's the gift. Um... You know, I really wanted to up my iTunes account, but I, I kind of wanted to give you a gift too, but if I give you this gift, I have to wait another month till I, you know, top up my account. So, oh, this is really hard, but, oh, okay, you, here, you have the gift, you know. <laughs> and so you can understand that maybe God is a bit more enthusiastic about the cheerful givers <laughs> than the reluctant ones or the ones under compulsion. So today's Father's Day, and we get to give our Father, our awesome Father, a Father's Day gift, in a sense. So give it to him cheerfully. Give it to him from the heart, not because you have to, not that you, and you don't want to use that money for other things. You just want to honor God. You want to honor him because he's deserving. So I'll just, I'll just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being the most awesome dad in the world. Thank you that you've taken care of us for all these years, that you've loved us and you've given us for those awesome gifts of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just want to give back to you today with a cheerful heart, just cheerfully from the heart. And it's a highlight of our day today to give to you because you're just so worth it. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, thank you, attendees. Awesome. Awesome, Tracy. Give her a big hand. That was great. Great insight. So um, you can give electronically. There's also credit card forms there if you want to give. That's the way you manage your money, by credit card. 
Uh, there's also some other options up there, the church app and uh, all the other things that are available. Hey, uh, after the service today, uh, we also have a barbecue. So if you've got time to hang around, grab a sausage sandwich, meet some great people, grab another coffee. Can't have too many coffees on Father's Day. So um, I hope you can hang around. If you're a visitor here today, we want to welcome you. Hope you enjoy the service. We love having visitors, so uh, feel uh, welcomed. And uh, hopefully you can hang around, meet some great people, and avail yourself of the uh, sausages and the coffee and the drinks. Uh, So for the whole month of September, we're going to be doing bacon egg rolls and have the jumping castle available pre-service. So calling it uh, Sep... What are we calling it? Sep... Sizzle September. What is it? Sizzle Timber. That's it. Well done. (laughs) Sizzle Timber. So 9.15 to 9.45, if you come in early, kids can play on the jumping castle. Uh, There'll be bacon egg rolls. There'll be coffee available uh, pre-service. Great opportunity to bring someone to church as well. If they've got children or even if they haven't for a bacon egg roll, a a coffee. And uh, it's going to be a, uh, there's some great, Speakers coming up over the next month. We've got uh, uh, James Edwards, one of the uh, young adults, pastors from Oxford Falls, is speaking on the 13th. And then on the 27th, we've got uh, Alex Farncombe, who's here with us today. So uh, give him a big hand. That'll be absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I actually asked Alex just to come up and quickly tell us about what's happening with the young adult service starting in October. So give Alex a big hand. Thanks, Pastor Ward. How is everyone this morning? You good? Okay, yeah, so what we're doing is we're starting a service targeting young adults in this area on Friday night. Uh, I don't know if you've read reports about my generation, uh, and they're they're not all that good, but uh, as we were discussing with Pastor Ward about getting the service going, something that's really on my heart is that I don't think that that report uh, accurately describes what our generation will become. I believe that our generation will be in church. The church is not on decline. We will see young adults come to Christ, and we will see the church grow into this new day, right? So our heartbeat behind, that's our heartbeat behind that. I just refuse to believe the negative reports about my generation. I believe that if you present Jesus to anyone, if you present the glory and goodness of Jesus to anyone, they will see the glory and goodness of God. They will receive Christ, and it will change their life. So that's what we're doing. We're just going to show Jesus to this community, particularly focusing on young adults. We just had an interest night on Friday, and that was fantastic. We've had a lot of people say, hey, I want to come along and want to get involved, which is really, really cool. So what's happening is uh, we're going to start by doing a monthly service for the first six months, and then uh, after that, we're hoping that we've built enough momentum to go weekly. So anyone, ever, everybody say October 16th. Now, if you know anyone in, in your world, particularly in the 18 to 30 age bracket, tell them that on October 16th, we're launching our first service, C3 Rosedale Fridays, which is going to be amazing. Uh, and uh, if you have any questions or anything like that, you, you know of someone who would really benefit from it, uh, just get in touch with me. I'll be here most Sunday mornings now, which is, which is fun. And uh, thanks, guys. Well done, mate. <coughs> that is going to be sensational. Absolutely sensational. Hey, uh... Before we go any further, I'd like to invite uh, Rosh and Narosh Navandra up here. Who are going to lead us through the next part of the service. Where are they? Where are you guys? Here they are. Give them a big hand. Thank you. How awesome is it to be in the house of God today? Amen. We woke up this morning. We had that glint of excitement. It's Father's Day. I was trying to get the kids all revved up. I was like, guys, it's Father's Day. 
so exciting. And then I realized we are in the house of God. We are in the house of God this morning, and we're just so blessed. I just wanted to share with you something um, from the scripture. We've all read it. Um, it's in Matthew, but I want you to kind of just focus, as I did and tried to this morning in amongst the word. Um, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So he's saying, come to me, all you who are weary. How tired are we? Amen. And um, it doesn't talk about your burden or how big your burden is or if it's physical or mental or what, what, how big your problems are. He's saying, all you are burdened, come to me. And he's promised us spiritual rest. And that's just an incredible gift from our God. Thank you, dear. Ooh, my voice is uh, much, much deeper, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, but what a beautiful passage. And church, we have tr- such a great church. Uh, I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, Pastor Ward had the idea of uh, raising some, some, uh, some money to help someone in need uh, in our community. Uh, and the idea was uh, a mobility scooter. Um, and I'm just so pleased and blessed to announce that within a few short weeks, we raised the money thanks to you guys. Uh, so well done. Um, and we actually got that scooter here today. And so, uh, you know, w- w- we believe uh, as, as God's children, we were called not only to help the community spiritually, um, but also to help uh, socially and, and in physical uh, acts. And uh, our Father has provided for us, uh, each and every one of us, and we just wanted to outpour that love to somebody else as well today. Um, and so we have this, uh, this scooter to, to offer. Um, and we did find someone who, who could really use this. These things take 18, uh, 18 to 24 months on a waiting list if you, wait, if you were to wait for government assistance. And we just wanted to turn that around really quickly for somebody. So is Reg, Reg here from... Reg, come on up, please. Yes, Reg from Piemont. Reg, just on behalf of um, our wonderful pastors Nick and Pastor Ward and this amazing congregation of C3 Roselle campus, we just wanted to offer you uh, this mobility scooter. There's one catch. You've got to now ride around and tell everyone about us. Um, but Reg, just, uh, you know, God loves uh, each and every one of us here today, and God loves you, and we just hope that uh, uh, we're able to, to show that through through this gift. Fantastic. How are you feeling, Reg? Very embarrassed. I feel uh, I just can't thank you all enough. I can't believe that I'm the lucky one still. We want to tell you that we love you, Reg, and God loves you. And uh, this is with no strings attached, but uh, God, there is a God who does love you. And uh, we want to express that love by giving you this scooter. And uh, so ride it around, have fun, don't roll it. (laughs) So much more, I I, I just can't believe it. I hope, and I, I don't go to church that often, but the reception here and the people here, and I 
really never heard free free church the roof is still up so it can't be all that bad (laughs) (laughs) so much I can't say much that's all that's all let's give Reg a big hand you may not have heard us you may not have heard of us before Reg but you'll hear a lot more of us from now on let me tell you so let's give Reg another big hand we'll give you the keys after the service you'll be able to ride that home and uh annoy you and come back now and then. <laughs> You're welcome back anytime. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks, Reg. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, give yourselves a hand. That is uh, absolutely tremendous. Uh, that's why we're here. We're here to change lives spiritually, socially. We want to make a difference. We want to impact our community. We want to change the inner west for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So let's give the Lord a hand, one life at a time, one need at a time. And as our church grows, as you prosper, as as our influence increases, we'll be able to do this more and more and more. And I tell you, the name of C3 will be well known throughout our community in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, we've got another, we've got another video. to my dad, hey, I'm hungry. And my dad said, hi, hungry, I'm dad. Well, we were having dinner and dad spilled his spoons on the table. He looked right at me and said, oh no, I have just peed on the table. me, have you heard about the new movement, constipation? I was all like, what? No. And he said, it never came out. Who even calls a movie constipation? My dad and I were going past the aquarium and he said to me, how many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? And he said, ten tickles. Like, what? Ah, oh, tentacles. Hey, Dad, can you make me a sandwich? And what did Dad say? I bet the Dad right. You are a sandwich. Oh, fantastic. How good is that? <laughs> uh, hey, another thing I want to do this morning, uh, we've got some awards to give out to some dads. Um, and uh, we've got, oh, we got numerous amazing dads in our congregation, and so it was very, very difficult to narrow it down. And everybody deserves an award. Everybody deserves recognition. Uh, so it took me a while, but I just wanted to uh, recognize some dads in our church who have just uh, uh, lead by example, have an incredible impact, serve, have served uh, our congregation tirelessly over a long period of time while raising families and working full time. And, and so I want to recognize a few people uh, here today. So the first one is 
Matt Quick. Is Matt Quick here? Well, he's in kids. He's actually in kids' church. Can you go and get? Can you go and get Matt? Tell him to come in here while we're waiting. Andy Carswell. This guy right here. Awesome husband. Awesome dad. Serves tirelessly in the church and has over many, many years. Church builder. So uh, can we give Andy a big hand here today? Wanna? God bless you, mate. I got an award for you. Rad dad. Rad dad. Matt, come out here quickly. Run up here, mate. Give Matt a big hand. We just want to recognize your uh, awesomeness. So we're just going to give you a rad dad award. Awesome husband, awesome dad, church builder, tireless server of the church. So congratulations, mate. There's an award for you. Don't go anywhere because I've got something else for you to do. Um, and then the other two awards, these are actually um, medals. So the first one is actually going to Simi Tiatia right here. Can you come out here, Simi? Just had his second child with beautiful Rachel. Does sound tirelessly behind the scenes, serves the church, works full-time, manages everything. When, when Simi's on sound, I don't know if you know this, but he leaves at 6 o'clock in the morning. What time? Oh, sorry, 6.45, walks three kilometres to the train station, catches a train to the city, gets a bus to Roselle, walks from the bus to here to set up before service to do sound. So let's give him a big hand. He does an awesome, awesome job. Let me put this on you. Take your hat off. Oh, that's, that's your Father's Day present, is it? Awesome. Congratulations, Simi. Well done, mate. Appreciate everything that you do, and I'm sure your family does as well. Can you just hand Mossy over because I've got something for you to do in a sec? And also the other one is uh, Alan Coulomb. Alan Coulomb. He's on the barbecue. So Alan just works tirelessly for the church. Many of you may not know but, uh, or may know that um, Liz was uh, sick for an extended period of time. Alan was working full time, managing the kids, looking after his wife. Just an incredible, never complains, never, never makes a noise fills up these gas bottles and does numerous things around the church, maintenance and things like that, without fanfare, without recognition. And so I want to uh, recognize him today, an awesome dad, an awesome husband and an awesome church builder. So he'll be here in a sec. Now, before we go any further, uh, I need those four dads to come down here um, because I've also got a competition. You can't have Father's Day without a competition because being a father is about competition. So, um, there we go. So, can we get the house lights up a bit, please, Adrian? Uh, Al, congratulations. There you go, mate. Recognition of being an awesome husband, an awesome dad, and a great church servant. And uh, So, anyway, I want to get this out of the way, because I've got a couple of competitions. So, I'm going to give the winner of this uh, $100 Bunnings voucher, or, or gift card, but you'll have to wait till next week because I forgot to buy it. <laughs> but the idea was there right from the start. Now, I want another two dads. I want Ron Lucas, you come up here. You get up here. <laughs> and Rosh. Let's give these guys a big hand. So this is, is going to be the competition. I might get Alex to help me if you can. So one of the things you need to be able to do as a dad, and it's not all uh, sports orientated, but you've got to be able to pass a ball. Correct, Simi? So I want all you guys to come over here, stand over here. 
you can come up here, Alex. You can be the, 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 ball, the ball guy. So you need to stand over that side. Give him the ball. So I'm, you just wait. You're going to ca- take the pass. So it's got to be... It's got to be out to the centres, so you need to be standing out there or maybe a cut-out pass to the winger. So here's what, I'm going to play the ball. It's actually rugby league, not rugby union. We could form a scrum, but I need more people. So I'm playing the ball. You've got to go dummy half, and you've got to grab the ball, and you've got to pass it to Alex without hitting anybody on the front row. Yeah? All right. Everyone's okay with that? And the best pass gets the first point. There's three competitions. And I don't want him to have to run and dive for it either. It's got to be the closest to him wins. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Oh, yeah. That was good. <laughs> All right. Huh? Style point. Yeah, <laughs> style point. Yep. All right, here we go. Number two. Oh, <laughs> wow. Cut out pass. <laughs> All right, number three. Here we go. Ready? Go. Oh, yeah. Nice. Wow, this is pretty impressive. Wow. I'd actually booked in the jeep rockers. I thought we were going to put a hole in the wall. <laughs> there we go. Come on, Andy. Nice. Yes. All right, Al. You're from New Zealand. Don't let us down. Oh, that was all right. It was all right. Got to him. Didn't quite have the spin. Is that everybody? All right. Who do you think won? Uh, uh, Alex, you choose. Which was the best pass? Oh, he wasn't watching. Oh, I, th- I actually think it was Simmy's. I actually think it was Simmy's. It was close. All right. Now, this is a s- so you haven't won yet. There's three competitions. The next one is you've got to be able to kick. You can't just pass. You've got to be able to kick. Now, this is why I booked in the Jeep Rockers. <laughs> so you've got to be able to kick it to Alex without putting a hole through the wall. All right, you go first. Here we go. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a bit long. A little bit long. Come on, Simmy. Oh, yeah, that was all right. He did have to go a little bit to the left. Oh, he's taking our heads. <laughs> all right, next. I don't think you won that one, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's trying to talk. He's trying to torpedo. Here we go. Oh, yeah. That was an AFL kick. <laughs> that was an AFL. Oh, that was all right, but it rolled forward. Oh, that, was, that had to be Andy. That was, that was Andy. <laughs> okay, now the last one. Not only do you need to be able to... I was going to do a golf one, but uh, anyway, it's going to take up too much time. So come here, guys. Come over here. Not only do you need to be able to kick a footy and play with your boys, you have to be able to do homework. <laughs> have we got that slide? Um, are we ready? Okay, turn around. First person to get this gets the point. 192! 192! Oh, okay. <laughs> 192, let's take a photo. So, all right, so now it's going to, so it's Simi, Matt, and Andy for the final. (coughs) Get a photo. All right, 
So thanks. Give all the guys a hand. I want those other three just to stay here. Well done, guys. Thanks for participating. You guys stand here. I wasn't anticipating a draw, so I've got to uh, I've got to come up with another. What, what's another cog? What's something we can get them to do? I know. No, no, no. Oh, okay. All right. So you've got to pass it on your bad side this time. All right. So, there we go, Alex. So, this, whoever gets this wins. All right? So, are you right, right or left-handed? That's your bad side. Okay, so you've got to pass with your bad side, yeah? You probably don't have a bad side. You're from New Zealand. <laughs> All right, here we, that's your bad side. All right, here we go. Pass it to Alex. Oh, that was all right. This is for the win. This is for a hundred dollars Bunnings voucher. Oh, that they were pretty much the same. You can take this, Matt. You can take this. Yeah, yeah, we got a winner. We got a winner. Well done, mate. Well done. Give him a big hand. Give him a big hand. That was fantastic. If you're here next Sunday, I'll give you your voucher. Otherwise, I'm going to buy myself a barbecue. Thanks, mate. Matt's going off the kid's shirt, so give Matt a big hand. Thanks. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Hey, uh, why don't you stand up? We're going to have a short break right now. Kids are going to go off to kids' church. If, you, if you're a visitor, you've got children, feel free. Take them out to the kids' church program. They'll be well looked after. Stand on your feet. Welcome somebody to church. To Father, say happy Father's Day. And uh, we're going to be back real soon with a message from the Word of God.
Okay, okay, grab your seats, everybody. Grab your seats. Music, thanks, Adrian. Thanks, mate. <coughs> All right. Okay. We want to honour men in general, dads in particular, this morning. You know, you do a, you do an incredible job, and uh, come under a lot of attacks these days in the media and in different areas of our society. But um, dads. And men are value, they're important, uh, they contribute and do a phenomenal job. So uh, let's give all the dads, all the men a great big hand again. We love you and you're phenomenal. I've got a couple of my own dad jokes here this morning. Hey dad, the jumping castle's twice the price of last year. That's inflation for you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the rotation of the earth really makes my day. Because <laughs> the earth rotates and makes your day, you know, you think, so. <laughs> uh, okay, I've got two more. Uh, I'm sorry, but you cannot run through a campsite. You can only ran through because it's past tense. I thought that was magic. <laughs> And the last one, I've deleted the phone numbers of all the Germans I know on my mobile, so now it's hands-free. <laughs> For our German friends down the front here. <laughs> Have you heard that before? No. <laughs> I love that. All right. Okay, so my, father, uh, my message this morning is not just for fathers. It's for everybody I wanted to make sure, even though it was Father's Day, that the message is relevant to every person here because the message is not just about our earthly father, it's about the spirit of the father, the father in heaven. And um, as believers individually and as a church corporately, God desires that we would walk and talk in the spirit of our father. And uh, you know, sometimes you see a dad and, a, and his son like walking along or you see them at the shops and you go... Uh, that is definitely his father's son. <laughs> you, like they might walk the same, or you see them and, and their mannerisms are the same. I don't know if you've got the same mannerisms as your dad or you've got kids and they've got some similar ma mannerisms. So there's some quirks, some idiosyncrasies where you go, wow, uh, yeah, uh, you do not belong to the postman. <laughs> um, well, you know what God wants that to be the same with us, that we walk and we talk, and when people see us, they see a similarity with our Father in heaven, where they go, wow, I can see where you come from. I can see your family connection. There's something about you that is like God. That's God's desire for every single one of us, that, that there's, a, there's similarities. <clears throat> and throughout the Bible, we see our heavenly father modeling behavior and expressing language that he wants us to adopt if we want to uh, 
receive and live and walk in his blessing and his favor and and, and, uh, all the things that he's got for us, the purpose that he's outlaid, then he's made a way for that to happen. And he's asked us to model his thinking and his language and his style and his words so that that nature of God, the nature of the father actually is evident in the son or the daughter. Um, So what do we need to see, uh, what do we see God the Father modeling that uh, we could and should ado- adopt? I've got three things I want to look at here today. Number one, the Father declares. The Father declares. Did you know that your words are powerful? Whether you're a father, whether you're a mother, whether you're male, whether you're female, doesn't matter. Your words are powerful because you are made in the image of God. You're made in His image. Genesis 1 3 says, And God said, let there be light, and there was light. The first use of language in the Bible was not for communication. It was for creation. The words that you speak create your world. God used worlds, words to create. You're made in His image. Whether you like it or not, the words that you speak are creating your world. Whether they're positive, whether they're negative, they are creating the world in which you live. Every time we speak, we're framing up our world. Um, when a builder goes to a house, he first puts up the frame. When you see the frame, you know what the house is going to look like. I was recently at uh, Ron and Tracy Lucas's. They're building two homes at the moment on the northern beaches. And uh, I came over and uh, we showed me through the, the houses and the frames were up. The slab was down, the frames were up, the walls hadn't been put on yet. Um, and Ron was there and uh, we were walking through the through the framework and Ron's showing me where what the house is going to look like. And he's saying, oh, this is going to be the kitchen area and uh, here's going to be the, the walk-in robe and this is the, the living area. And then he went up the stairs and here's one bedroom and here's the other bedroom. And um, we're walking through the frame and I could see because of the frame what he was talking about. Now, if he had have said to me, we're walking through the frame of the house and he says, oh, we're going to have a massive lounge room here and it's just framed up in a little box. Oh, this is going to be a massive, a massive lounge room and oh, a huge kitchen over here. And we can only just squeeze in. I'm looking at the frame. Okay, you're having a massive kitchen here. Okay, we go upstairs and he goes, oh, we've got five big bedrooms with en suites in all the rooms. And we're walking through the frame and I'm going, I don't think we're going to have five big bedrooms with en suites because the frame is not going to allow for it. I can look at the framework and know what the house is looking like. It it wouldn't matter what Ron said. It wouldn't matter if he said, this is what I want. This is what, we're going to have this big thing here. It wouldn't matter what he said because the frame would determine what the house was going to look like. You know, the words that you speak are framing up your life and your future every single day of your life. And it doesn't matter what you want. Oh, I want to have a great life. Oh, I want to be prosperous. Oh, I want to have an awesome family. I want to have this. It doesn't matter what you want. It's what the frame of your life looks like that's going to determine what your life is going to look like in the future. And so you've got to think, what am I saying? What am I creating with my words? What am I shaping? Because your words are creating your future. You've got to remember that. And think about, we've got to think about, and sometimes we just say stuff out of habit, we say it out of, uh, just out of routine, but we've got to begin to think about because words are powerful. 
Words create. Your words were made in the image of God. And if we're going to carry the spirit of the Father, we need to de- declare good things. You know, in, if you know the story of Genesis, if you read through there, God created everything in six days. And at the end of each of creation, all of them which were created by the words that he spoke, at the end of each day it says, and it was good. So we need to ask ourselves, with our words and what we create, and can we say that it is good? Are the things that we're declaring, the things that we're speaking, are they good? Are they creating a good world, a prosperous world, a great future? Because whether you like it or not, whether you want one thing or not, what you're speaking and declaring is what you're going to get. That's the power of the word. Genesis 10, uh, sorry, Romans 10, 17 says this, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things which are not as though they were. You know, oftentimes what we do is we, we speak what we see. So we're looking at what we see and all we're doing is articulating what we see. But God doesn't do that. Fortunately, he doesn't do it with us. He doesn't do it with our lives. God speaks what he sees in the spirit. God speaks what he wants to come to pass. And so it says that he declares the God who gives life to it and calls these things which are not as though they were. So instead of saying, oh, you're, you're stupid or I'm so stupid, I'm so dumb, I always, I'm always, i so forgetful, I'm this, I'm that, or, or you're so hopeless, you're this, you're that. Instead of saying that, articulating and speaking what we see, God is showing us a pattern of transformation. Because when we just see what say what we see, we're just reinforcing what we've got. But when we speak what we want to see, what we're believing for, what the promises and the Word of God says we can have, when we declare that, we're actually going to change our world. Is that good? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Our world begins to change. Our life begins to change. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, that we are not stuck in who we are. We're not stuck with our upbringing, our experiences, the things that have shaped and formed us. We can be chained to our past through our words, or we can be liberated into a whole new future by the power of God's Word and His Spirit. That's the power of God's Word. Do you declare? That's the first point. Are we declaring God's goodness? Are we declaring God's blessing and, and over our life? Or are we just reiterating what we're on? Nothing's ever going to work out. This is never going to change. This is hopeless. This is useless. And we all do this from time to time. We all get into these habits and just get, get down. But I want to encourage you here today. When you catch yourself doing that, say, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to say that anymore. And once you're aware of it, once you hear yourself, it doesn't always change straight away. But the first step is recognizing that you're doing it. Sometimes we just do it out of habit. Have you ever had someone come up to you and they go, why do you keep picking your nose? And you go, oh, I never pick my nose. And you go, you do it all the time. This is hypothetical, of course. But <laughs> and you go, no, I don't. And you go, you do. And then next time you're walking along and you're sort of like, you're like, hold on. I didn't know I did that. So the first step of transformation is to become aware of what you're currently doing. And so we need to, we need to be aware of the areas of our life that are hindering us and holding us back from what God wants and desires for our life and our future. Because we can say, oh, God, change this and change that. Your word says you're going to do this, but he goes, you've got a part to play in this. 
I'm not just going to change everything. I've given you the power of, of declaration. I've given you the power of my spirit and my word. And as you begin to speak that, you're going to change your life through the power of my spirit in Jesus' name. Proverbs 12, 18 says this, the tongue of the wise is health. The tongue's health. Proverbs 15, 4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power. Wow, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Wow, that's incredible. So we're made in the image of our Father, and our own words have the power to create our future through His Spirit in Jesus' name. That's good news. That's good news. Yes. You know, in the book uh, Kingdoms in Conflict, a guy called Chuck Coulson, who headed up a prison fellowship for a long period of time, in his book, uh, Kingdoms in Conflict, he tells the story uh, of a time where uh, he brought in one of the, this is in America, he brought in one of the NFL, the American football stars to give his testimony in the prison. This guy was um, nation, uh, was recognized around the nation. He was one of the stars of the NFL. Uh, and he brought this guy in to give his testimony and, and he talked about uh, what he'd done in his life and what a great influence his father had been on him. And he said, <coughs> um, I'm exactly where my father told me I would be. Ever, ever since I was little, ever since I was small, he'd say to me, you're a hard worker. You've got talent. You've got drive. You're going to play in the NFL one day. And ever since I was small, he said, my father kept telling me, you know what? I'm here today because my father spoke that into my life from the early days. <laughs> um, and Chuck Coulson, he says in, the, in this book, he says he was sitting at the back while this guy, NFL guy was giving his talk. And he saw a young man in the back row lean over to one of his one of the other inmates sitting next to him, and he said with disdain in his voice, you know what, I'm exactly where my father told me I'd be as well. He always said I was a loser, I was a hopeless case, and I'd spend my life in jail. And guess what? That's exactly where I am. The power of our words to determine our future and the lives of those in whom we influence. What are we speaking what are we declaring? What kind of world are we shaping? I tell you, you can shape any kind of world that you want through the power of God's Word. All the promises of God, the Bible says, are yes and amen. But we just got to be more careful about what we're speaking and what we're saying. Number one, we declare. Number two, the Father encourages. When we read through the Bible, we see God the Father encouraging Jesus over and over again. Through the Gospels, two times in Jesus' life, the Father publicly validated His Son. In Matthew chapter 3 and Matthew chapter 17, He says audibly across the whole crowd, you hear this voice comes out of heaven and He says, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. In other words, God's saying, this is my Son. He's awesome. I'm so pleased with Him. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of Him. See, Je Jesus was... He was like this amazing man. Did he need to hear that? Absolutely he did. Absolutely he needed the recognition, the affirmation, and the confirmation of the voice of his father. And I can tell you, I bet you Jesus, when he heard that voice, just went, oh, yeah, I'm on the right track. He needed those words. And if Jesus needed those words, how much more do we need those words? 
to hear the words of affirmation, encouragement, confirmation, and not only to hear them, but to be a, a contributor, to be one that also speaks into the lives of other young men, young women, old men, old women, people in our world, that we can carry the spirit of a father. See, God was showing the pattern, demonstrating the way to build and transform lives. And so we can carry that spirit and do the same thing in the lives of those that we influence. Um, you know, some of us may not ever get to hear those words from our natural father for whatever reason. Um, but you can carry the spirit of a father. And we can speak, the li- speak those words into the lives of those around us who may not ever hear it from their natural father. For whatever, they may be passed away, they may not have a relationship, they, there may be other reasons, other circumstances. But the reality is the spirit of the father brings life brings transformation, brings encouragement, brings purpose. We all need to be carriers of the Spirit of God. And I want us as a congregation to be that kind of place, that kind to carry that kind of spirit. When we walk in this place, there's an energy that's like, man, you can do it. You can make it. It's going to be, you're going to get through this. There's an energy. There's a power. There's a strength as we create, speak life into the lives of the other people in our congregation. You know, I I love my three boys so much. They they are so awesome. They're here today, hiding up the back. Um, You know, I I love them. They're, they're, They're really humble and polite. And you know what? They've got so much swagger, they can't walk in a straight line. <laughs> and I, lo- I love it. <laughs> and, you know, Nicole and I, over the years, we've spoken into their world. I used to, when I'd come home from work or whatever, when they were smaller, and, and uh, I'd open up the door and I'd go, champions! And they'd come charging down the hall and try and knock me through the jip rock. Little did I know in those early days that these little things were going to grow up. And now I need to walk through the house with shoulder pads and a crash helmet. Because I'll just be walking down the hall and one of them will jump out of the bedroom and bang! (laughs) Knock me to the ground. (laughs) But but they are... They're confident, they're, they're strong, they're passionate, they've got swagger, but they're, they're polite. And, um, and they're just awesome, awesome boys. I absolutely, we absolutely love them. Um, and you know what? As, a, as the spiritual father of this congregation, I want to tell you that your future is bright. Your future is so bright, you'll need to wear tanning goggles around the streets. Because God's promises are for you. They're for you and your life and your family and your future. And I want to declare to you as a father, the father of this house, that you are going to make it, that that your future is bright, and that things are going to work out for you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Look out. Look out. Here comes C3. Look out. Come on. All things are possible for you. All things. You're bigger than every challenge. You're stronger than every opposition. Nothing that comes against you will overcome you. That's who you are. That's who you are. And I tell you, I want you, when you walk around the streets of Balmain or wherever you live, I want to see a slugger. Come on. (laughs) Come on, my 
my future's so bright. Get out of my way. <laughs> Wagger. That's our way. Not rude, not arrogant, just super confident. <laughs> you know, a Kansas State University researcher did an experiment on the power of encouragement. And participants were asked to hold a plank. You know, where you, you do a plank, you get on your elbows and your feet out and hold, you hold it. Does everyone know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm not going to time it, but anyway, this is a plank. Oh, we're here all day. <laughs> so how's it? How powerful is this? After testing 115 people, they found that encouragement had only a slight benefit on the person doing the plank. Would you believe that? Encouragement only had a slight benefit if there was no relationship between the encourager and the person doing the plank. How powerful is that? So when the person, if the person who in the plane, if they didn't really know the person encouraging them, there was a slight impact. But when there was a relationship with the person who was encouraging them, when they were close, when they were friends or family, and that person uh, was encouraging them while they were doing it, there was an exponential result, an exponential increase in the amount of time that that person could hold the plank. So, oh, look at that spit flying. <laughs> So we've got a responsibility to our family, to our close friends, to the people in our world, because your world will have an your words will have an exponential impact upon the lives of those in your world when they're doing planks. <laughs> or when they're facing challenges, or when they've got obstacles, or when they're going through difficulties, your words are going to help them continue to press and to press and to hold on and to keep going all the way till they get to the other end. Your words are powerful in Jesus' name. Powerful. <laughs> when someone knows that you're for them, you believe in them, you're cheering for them, they'll go harder, higher, further and faster than they'd ever go on their own. That's the power of the church. The church, God brought people together in unison, in relationship, because he knew together we're better. We're better together than we are on our own. You can do some great things on your own. You can achieve some great heights on your own. But I'm telling you, you'll never go as far as you could go when you're in a group of people, a family, a church environment where people are encouraging. They build one another up. They're each other's cheerleaders. And they say, you're going to make it. You're going to go. You can go higher, bigger, further, faster than you ever thought on your own. That's the power in the environment that comes out of the church. The church. <laughs> um, at a large scale, sports team, uh, at a larger scale than that, sports teams and psychologists speak of the home team advantage. You ever heard of a home team advantage? When you're playing sport and a team comes into their home ground, into the place where they play, where all their supporters are. They did, they did studies on this. And this phenomenon, it's not just a myth because they've done research. It's been scientifically proven, uh, mainly in, across the American sports is where the research was done, but across every major U.S. professional sport, there is a statistical advantage to the home team. Across every single sport, the home team always, statistically, more than 50% of the time wins the game. 
In fact, it was saying in the NBA, the home team wins 60.5% of the time. In some teams, it's as high as 70 to 75%. In fact, there was a team in the night, Michael Jordan's team, where they said for a two, for a two and a half, to, it might have been two or three year period, they lost two games on their home ground. In all of that time, there is power in the home ground advantage. The Chicago Bulls, two-year period, they lost two games. In the NFL, <laughs> teams won 57.3 to 65% of the time when they played in front of their home team, their, their home team fans, their ground, their supporters. New South, in the state of origin, team, the New South Wales teams always talk about the Lang Park or the Suncorp Stadium aura. When they play in that venue, when they play amongst those crowds, they're intimidated because of the power of the home team. And it's not just it's not just endorphins. It's not just getting hyped up. Because in 2003, study by neuro, uh, neuroscientists Nick Neve and Sandy Wolf from the UK's Northumbria University found that when British professional soccer players heard the roar of their supporters at their home field, there was a significant boost in their salivary testosterone levels. Not just endorphins out of excitement, out of the anticipation, but when they heard the encouragement, when they heard the support, when they heard the thrill and the shout of their home team, their salivary testosterone went up. So if you want to see the testosterone of your husband go up, when he walks in the house, say, you're going to make it. Wow, you're awesome. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> Testosterone will be flowing everywhere. The home ground advantage. It's not a myth. It's powerful. And I want this church to, to have a home ground advantage. When people walk in, when you walk into this church, you feel, Wow. I can make it. Wow, this is, all, this is my home ground. These are my supporters. These are the people that believe in me. And we'll see testosterone and salivary, whatever. Saliva will be flying everywhere. I want us to have a, ho- a feeling of a hometown advantage, a home ground advantage. You're out there working hard. You're working, doing your thing, mixing with people. But when you come to church on Sunday, it's like, man, this is my home ground. I can't help but win when I'm in this place. I can't help but feel good when I'm in this place. I can't help but go over and keep going when I'm in this place. This is my home ground. All things are possible. I need a Gatorade. (laughs) powerful is the chorus of encouragement when you feel anxious, when you feel worried. See, that, that test was done on the, on the, uh, on the UK's um, national football team. And, it, and you know what? This is the other thing that I found in the research. The bigger the opposition, the larger the challenge, the bigger the effect. When they were intimidated, when they were looking at, if they were playing Real Madrid or they were playing Barcelona or one of the, oh no, they're not, they're not national teams. If they were playing Spain or they were playing Portugal, or they're playing Argentina, or they're playing Brazil. If they're playing those teams on their home ground, they felt a bit intimidated. They felt a bit anxious. the uh, The impact of the home team of the encouragement playing on their home ground was, thank you, was exponentially higher 
than if it was just another routine game. How powerful is that? Unbelievable. So when we're facing opposition, when we're facing difficulties, when we're going through a tough time, the devil will tell you, oh, don't go to church. You need to stay home. You need to just stay by yourself. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want people to worry about it. You don't want to have to share about it. He's just trying to isolate you. He's trying to keep you out of the church. He's trying to keep you out of an environment that can actually pick you up, that can actually make you feel better, that can actually make you lift up your eyes and go, you know what, I can actually make it. I'm actually going to make it. This is actually going to work out. This is actually going to happen. There's always so much opposition. I don't know if you ever noticed about getting to church on Sundays. Every family event, all of a sudden, is on a Sunday morning. All the sporting events, all of a sudden, they're on a Sunday morning. Everything, because just trying to keep people out of an environment like this that can change their life. That's why you've got to be in church. Whether you're feeling good or bad or whatever. <laughs> We come to encourage people. We can give people a vision to lift up to, live up to, or we can give them a vision to live down to. We decide what kind of vision are you putting before yourself? What kind of vision you're putting before your family, before your work, your your your, your team, your your uh, relatives, your family? What kind of vision are you projecting? One they can live up to, stretch and be challenged, or one that they've got to live down to. It's in our hands. Number three, I'll finish with this. Not only does the father. Create, not only does he encourage, but the Father forgives. The Father brings opportunity of reconciliation. Reconciliation. Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells the parable of a wealthy father who had two sons. Many of you may know this story. You may not have ever heard of it before. It's called the parable of the prodigal son. You may have heard that term. But one son who'd gone a bit off the rails and, and had sort of distanced in his relationship with his father said, you know, I want my money. I don't want to wait till you die. I want my inheritance now. What a cup. This must be fiction because he actually gave it to him. No, I'm joking. No, I'm jo- that was a joke. <laughs> but he's making, he's making a, a uh, he's creating an image of the father because the father in this story is God. You think no, no father would do that, but God would because he does. He blesses every one of us. He gives generously, whether we're in relationship with him or not. He just blesses people. <laughs> anyway, the, the son goes off, takes his inheritance. And over a period of time, the thoughts start to come back. He disrespects his father. He tarnishes not only the son's reputation, he tarnishes the father's reputation, the family name. He squanders all the money. And when he's sick, broke, starving, and life's falling apart, he decides to go back to his father and ask for a job. He didn't feel like he was worthy to ask his father to reposition him into the place where he had been. But he thinks, you know what? He's a good, he's a good man. And I know I've disrespected him and I know I've broken down the relationship. But I know he's good. And if I go to him, I know he'll at least give me a job and uh, help me get through life. Because if I continue the way I am, things are not going to work out. <coughs> the amazing thing about this story is, this is going on in the son's mind. He goes back to the father. And you know what? The son did not know how good the father was. He knew he was good. He didn't know how good until he came back when he'd destroyed the relationship, when he'd taken all the money, blown everything. And the father says to him, he opens his arms. He embraces him. He says, get the robe, get the ring. This is my son who was lost. And now he's come back. That's the most important thing. Relationship. 
is the most important thing to God. More than anything else. Now we get, he gives us resources, he gives us blessing, he gives us oxygen, he gives us all these things. And many people don't even acknowledge the fact, not only that all these things come from him, the blessings and every good thing, but that he even exists. And he doesn't strike people down with lightning, he doesn't blow everybody up, he, he's so generous. But he sent his son Jesus to the earth to demonstrate how good he is and to show that no matter what we've done, no matter our background, no matter what's going on in our, going on in our lives, that his arms are open wide, that he desires reconciliation, that he desires relationship, that he desires to know us, to dwell with us, to live with us, for us to experience his love and his blessing and the good things that he has in store for us. What an awesome, awesome father he is. <laughs> the son didn't think he deserved to be accepted back into the family because of what he'd done. And yet the father goes, it doesn't matter. You know, some of us have done some things in life. And whether we're walking with God at the moment or we're not, sometimes that can be a barrier in us coming to God and believing that he's got good things in store for us that there's blessing, that there's hope, that there's prosperity, that there's a bright future before us because we think, well, I don't really deserve it, but I'll pay it off by doing spiritual penance. You know, I'll turn up to church, I'll tithe, I'll do all these things, I'll do this and that, thinking that somehow that appeases God. But you know what? It's got nothing to do with what we do. It's got nothing to do. We cannot earn God's favor back. Just like if you've got children, if your son... You know, if he does something wrong, breaks a window, the shower boils his son. And that's all you've heard him for, the shower boils his son. That's everything in the house. You don't go, oh, well, you're going to pay for that. And, well, some things you do, but uh, <laughs> but not. You just go, look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect my love. It doesn't affect our heart, our desire for them. It doesn't affect our love at all. It's all concerning. But what he does do is he says, you know what? I've made a way for us to be restored. I've made a way for us come together for you to experience the love. You don't know how good God is until you come to him thinking that you don't deserve his love. You don't deserve forgiveness. You don't deserve blessing and favor and goodness in your life. But right here, right now, I wanted to declare to you that God's love is towards you. His heart is towards you. He desires a relationship. He's willing to forgive. He's willing to overlook. And he's willing to accept. That's the power of the Father. And while we're here today, right here, right now, I ask that every head would be bowed and every eyes closed. And if we're here today, everyone's sitting here. But if you're sitting here and you're thinking, you know what? I don't, I don't know this God. I don't have a relationship with this God who came as Jesus. I don't really know him. He sounds good, <laughs> but I don't really have that relationship. If that's you here today, I would love to introduce you to this God. His name is Jesus. And he went to a cross and gave his life that you might come into relationship with him. So if you're sitting here today and you don't have that relationship, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to ask you to put up your hand and just indicate to me that, that that's you. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer that asks Jesus to come into your life. 
Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you speak it with your mouth, you will be saved. He will come into your life and restore that relationship through the blood he shed upon that cross 2,000 years ago. Or maybe you're a, you've done that at some point, or maybe you grew up in church, or maybe you've had a relationship, but right here, right now, you know that you're not as close to God as you know you should be, or you're away from God, or you're a bit distant, maybe because of some stuff you've done, maybe you've just gone off and done your own thing a little bit, or whatever, whatever. it doesn't really matter. But right here, as I'm speaking to you, in the presence of God, you feel in your heart, you know what, there's some distance. I would love to pray with you this morning and close the gap between you and the relationship with God in Jesus Christ. All you need to do is put up your hand in a minute and say, yeah, that's me. That's all the work you have to do. Jesus has done everything else to restore our relationship with God. So if you're here today and you've either never asked Jesus Christ into your life or you're away from Him right now and you know it, I want to lead you in a prayer at the end of this service. If that's you, I just need you to put up your hand so I know who you are. Just put it up high so I can see it. Say, yeah, that's me. That's me. I want you to pray for me. Lord, pray for me. I want a closer relationship with God. I'm away from Him or I've never never really known Him. But I want you to pray and lead me in this prayer. Just put it up high so I can see it. I'm going to pray with you at the end of this service. And Jesus Christ is going to come into your life and transform you from the inside out. Just put it up high. And I'm going to pray with you. Maybe... Maybe you're just not sure. You're uncertain. You you think you're good. You think you've done enough. You're you're hoping you're going to get to heaven when you die. You're hoping you've got a good relationship with God. You try not to hurt anybody. You try and do good things. So you you hope you're going to get to heaven, but you're not absolutely sure. If I said to you today that today was your last day, that at the end of this day you're going to die and go to heaven, or you're going to go and stand before God, could you honestly say in your heart, I'm, I know I'm going to be all right. I know it deep within my heart. There's no uncertainty. There's no lack of assurance. If that's you today and you're just not sure, you hope you're okay, you hope the relationship's good, but you're not sure, I want to pray for you today. If that's you, just put up your hand so I can see it. I want to pray with you at the end of this service and say, yeah, that's me. I, I want to make sure that I am in relationship with God. Just put it up high and we're going to pray at the end of this service. Why don't we all stand? (laughs) We're creating a home ground advantage in this place. And people from all over the inner west are going to know of the impact that we're making because of transformed lives, because of the changes we're going to make and because of the the influence that we're going to have through things like the scooter, other outreach, other programs, the young adult service that's about to start. But it's important that we know who we are, that we're C3 Roselle. And in this place, we believe in bright futures. We believe in the power of God. We believe that God has a great destiny and purpose and life in store for every single person, that prosperity and blessing and favor is available to any person, that, is not, that God is not a respecter of persons, that all the promises of God are yes and amen, and that every time we work in this, walk into this place, there's, a, there's an energy, there's an excitement, there's an anticipation that we encourage one another, that we lift one another up, that we build up one another by the power of
of God. Wouldn't that be an awesome? And look, we're, get, we're pretty good. We are pretty good, but you know, we can go to a whole nother level, don't you reckon? A whole nother level when people are walking from our community and whatever that maybe don't need Jesus and they walk into this place and they just go, wow, how long has this been going on? There is power in this place. There's energy. There's, there's encouragement. There's life. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You are awesome. We love you. We love, Nicole and I love every single one of you. And uh, we believe in your future. We believe that God's got everything under control that there are bright days ahead in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. Amen. I've got a, I've got a visitor. Hey, um, hope you can hang around. We've got sausages and um, the sandwiches ha- happening out there. Um, happy Father's Day to all the dads. Let's give the dads one more hand. Great to see you today. Have an awesome day. You are incredible. You're making a massive difference. Let's use our words to create a bright future. And I tell you, nothing will be impossible in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll see you in the cafe. God bless you.